Greetings, folks, and welcome to the Small Business Show here in Durham, New Hampshire. As usual, back in Durham, New Hampshire, I suppose I should say, I'm Dave Hamilton. And I'm Shannon Jean, coming to you from lovely Lafayette, California. And uh, Dave, it's good to have you back. Thanks, man. It's good to, uh, it's good to be back. Yeah, we, uh, we had nice little travels and all that good stuff. But today, we actually have someone joining us here. We'd like to welcome Tim Cox from Tim Cox PR to, uh, to the show. How are you doing, Tim? Hello there, Dave. I'm very well. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. Good. So you, Hello, were, Shannon. you speak hey, with an, you speak with an accent that indicates that you're somewhere that you probably are not. Uh, well, I've been practicing it all morning just for this pad- podcast. I heard, I heard that British accents, you know, they do well in podcasts. So I, I, I switched away from my usual Kansas and accent and tried this on. Nice. No, I'm in fact from London, as you may have correctly surmised. Um, but I've been actually living here in the U.S. since '86. Yes, nice. So yeah. That's great. Well, well, Tim, we're thrilled to have you here. I have a ton of questions for you. Uh, Tim and I have been friends for a long time, and I just found out that uh, Dave, you know him uh, well yourself. So it's a small world. Yeah. Well, being being a you know a uh, I guess calling myself a member of the press is not entirely incorrect. So uh, Tim and I oh. have, Tim and I have in, interacted on on that front, and and I, I in fact I know that Tim is uh, or at least was at some point in time has been a listener to our uh, Mac I am. podcast. I was just the other night listening to it, and. Um, and yes, I, that's right, Dave. You and I know each other because I have, have, I think, been sort of badgering you now and then on behalf of my clients. As as you are, as you are supposed to do. It's, indeed, it's the natural indeed. order of things. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm making a note here, badgering, so we can make sure we come back that's to that a, a little later. Yeah. yeah, badgering, and badgering. Yeah. yeah. So, so Tim, uh, we're, we're going to talk today. You know, first about your business, about Zing PR, and can, you know, why don't you take a moment to give us a little background how you got started, uh, and what you do for your clients. Yeah, you bet. Well, um, I never thought I'd be doing PR. I must say, when I first started working, I'd been doing marketing jobs um, ever since I you know, graduated, really, um, around the world. Um, but in this country, I was lucky enough to work for a couple of great uh, tech companies, one being Autodesk up in Marin. And then um, later, eventually, I moved over to Apple. I, I worked in a variety of roles there. And, and so, yeah, throughout those, those, those uh, roles, I was working with PR people just because I was either a product manager or a brand manager or something like that. So PR was part of that marketing mix that I was um, overall managing. And um, it wasn't until I was given the opportunity uh, by means of a layoff <laughs> um, oh, <yes>. <laughs> to, to think about branching off on my own. And um, and actually, it's a funny story. I mean, I you know, I eventually does does. Apple had, as everyone I think who's familiar with Apple knows, some rocky times in the late 90s. And, uh, and I was part of a large raft of people that was cut off. And after sort of licking my wounds a bit and wondering what to do next and applying for lots of hot little startups that were just starting to happen around then, um, and spending perhaps a little bit too much time at the swimming pool uh, planning my next move, uh, my wife Marcella, who had actually started this, uh, this um, gig, Zing PR, said to me, why don't you help me? Um, you know, you can write, you can call, <laughs> you can sure. help me even catch, you know, get some new business. And before I knew it, I was out there with her doing new business pitches, writing press releases and, you know, and, and, and badgering the media. So in a way, I just 
drifted into it uh, in the nicest possible way. And then finally, we had, you know, we had kids and uh, Marcella quite gladly handed me the keys and said, oh, yeah, you've got the hang of it. You do it. So here I am <laughs> 17 yeah. years later. Oh, it's a great story. And it's, it, you know, it's such a common thread you hear from people that strike out on their own, almost like they have to be you know, we have to be pushed out often and, and then, uh, you know, landing and it's, uh, it's, it's a great story. It's fun. It's been a good ride. I must say I've had a lot of fun doing this. Um, and I think, you know, what I find my clients are mainly looking for is someone to help them tell their story. Initially, it was just really thinking about telling it to the media, right? Help me figure out how I do a press release and how I connect with the right people in the media, um, engage with them and somehow get, you know, me, my company featured in the media. And that's really how that's that's the essence of PR really for most people. Um, But nowadays I would say it's a little bit more than that um, because companies, startups, small businesses, um, even, um, have at their, at their, at their means, at their fingertips, all the channels they need to engage directly with their potential customers. So they don't have to count on, on media, you know, newspapers, magazines, whatever. Yeah, that makes sense. And uh, have you found that, does that make your job harder or is it, uh, opened up other opportunities to expand your business? Hmm. It's a good question. I think, um, I think actually life was a whole lot easier when it was just, you know, doing press releases and putting them on the wire and connecting with the media. Um, it's fun. It was a little formulaic, I would say. I would say now it's more fun because, uh, it's really now helping people tell their stories in a, in a way that, actually can bypass the media completely. Whereas before, you know, press releases used to be very, very dull. I'm sure, I'm sure Dave will remember that. Not that they aren't still, but I was just going to say, when did, when did dull press releases stop showing up in my inbox? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. Well, I try, I I know, right. That, that beyond the, the people who are lucky enough to receive press releases from my clients, there's another, uh, very willing recipient. And that of course is, is Google is search engines. So, sure. You have to assume, therefore, that those press releases are going to get read by potentially someone who has never seen a press release before. And and if that person looks at it and thinks, my goodness, what a fantastic story, you know, about that company or product and where do I buy that? Then we're well, all the better, you know? Yep. So. Yeah. Yeah. It really makes, it really makes sense. So it kind of puts you in a, in a, a different position. You know, we usually ask folks, okay, well, how do you market your business and what's been successful for you? But, you know, and you're in the, in the business of marketing everyone else, but I'm sure there's, there's still a question there, right? Shannon, maybe that's where you're going. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's where, that's where I'm headed. And, you know, uh, you, you, I would think it could be difficult sometimes to step back and really focus on, okay, I got to get the, the zinc PR story out there. And and, then how have you done that? Oh, you know, it's a, it's classic for me. It's, um, you've heard the, you know, the, what is that, that saying, right? The cobra's children are going shoeless, you know? (laughs) And, you know, I spent all this time laboring over other people's websites and their social media feeds and, um, getting their stories placed in the right media. And when it comes to doing it for myself, well, assuming there is time for that after all that stuff is done, um, it's, uh, it's, it's more of a challenge, actually, I must say, you know, because you know the do's and the don'ts. Uh, you know what you're trying to accomplish. 
um, what I've found works for me anyway is is trying to have try to have a narrative on the website, you know, uh, with with the blog. So website otherwise becomes extremely static. So I want to make sure that my website is updated with interesting tidbits and um, uh, my own customers, their client stories. I spend a lot of time on LinkedIn, sort of nurturing um, a network that I am trying to develop of you know, people in marketing and PR who might potentially be looking for help. Um, I have dabbled in AdWords, um, not terribly successfully, I must say. I mainly got, I think it was, you know, students looking for internships. Um, huh. Uh, so I'm clearly not an AdWords expert. And what else have I been doing? Oh, well, that was, well, a lot of it's also networking with people whom I know who I've maybe used to be clients. Um, quite a lot of my business is referral business. Uh, so I try to keep that alive and kicking. How, how yeah. yeah, that was my question is obviously referrals are going to be a big part of it, really any business, but certainly one like, like yours, how, what percentage of your business truly comes from, you know, solely from the outreach and, and sort of the, the selling that, that you're doing uh, in all these various capacities. Well, let me see. If I were to look at my current roster of clients, right, yep. I would say of the there's actually currently like so 11 firms, companies I'm working with in various, you know, various uh, degrees. Sure. I would say of those. um well, three really, really? Are, are like off, literally like inbound, never heard of them before. And the rest have been cultivated in some cases, um, you know, took two or three years actually um, from the beginning of my connection with that person to actually then start in, starting to work with them. But still, that's almost 30% of your active business is coming from you just doing outreach. That's that's actually pretty good. Yeah, I, well, gosh, I wish it was more. <laughs> I, wish I, I wish I could replicate that, Dave, because yeah. sometimes the you know the, the pipeline goes dry, and you oh, realize, oh my God, I have not been doing enough biz dev, you know. And right. that's the balance, I think, for any small business owner is you know you you've only got so many hours in a day, and you're busy doing the work, whatever that work is. And when th- when times are good, you're thinking, oh, this is how it's supposed to be. You know, I'm, I'm just bobbing along here and the checks are coming in and then you know, <laughs> something happens, you know, always, always. And yeah, then you're yeah. realizing, oh, wait, wait a moment. Uh, what about those uh, those business development ideas I had a while back? I need to put them into gear fast. Of course, by that time, it can be a little too late, too yeah. little too late. Yeah, it makes sense. And, you know, you talk, uh, you mentioned, you know, how important story is and with connecting with people. And uh, I mean, what what happens, uh, and I'm sure none of your, you know, current clients are like this, but what happens if you have their, what if they just don't have a great story or, or maybe their founder or whoever their front forward facing person is maybe isn't the most outgoing gregarious Ooh. person. I mean, it, it sounds, it seems to me that there could be a, a number of challenges, you know, trying to craft this thing with either a particular person or, you know, a company that may be awesome, but just hard to get their, their story across. Yep. Well, that's, I think, one of the things I I bring to the table is digging deep enough to find, there's always a story, right, somewhere. There's there's an idea. There's um, a a gap in the market that someone saw. Um, 
the way that they deliver this this service or product is different, or it's a right time, right place thing. There's a story there for somebody, right? There's for somebody in the media would look at that and go, that, that's interesting. The, the trick is, you know, finding that. Um, I mean, we're not all born storytellers, right? So right, right. helping that person find a voice uh, that he or she is comfortable with is is part of um, part of what I help them with. Um, I, I will also say this, though, right? I'm a, I'm a consultant, so I get to pick my clients. So ah. you know, I have to say there are, there are some people who approach me. I look at it and I think I don't know. I don't. I'm just not feeling, feeling the, I've got to like it, right? I've got to have interest in this, whatever it is they're doing and believe in them. So for me, it's very important to find um, clients uh, with whom I know I'm going to get on, who have got an interesting story and, um, and who are willing to, to, to tell it, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. And, and I, we, we've discussed this before, Dave is, uh, uh, on previous shows the having the confidence or the power to say, to say no and not feel like you have to chase everything. And of course, from a, you know, a revenue standpoint, we all want as much business as we can manage, but Mm -hmm. uh, But, being able to step back. Yeah. Not necessarily. I I was just having a conversation with somebody who ran a Mac website years and years ago. He was, he was in the business before, before I was, and we were just sort of reminiscing about, about the old times and, and talking about the various folks that we've encountered along the way. And we both encountered one person that we were both very, at the time that we encountered them, we're very interested in working together because there was potential opportunity in all of this. And neither one of us did. And I'm sure we each would have made some some money doing it, uh, working with, with this one, you know, one outfit. But man, in retrospect, we were both really happy we didn't because it was mm-hmm. just just bad people, you know, and uh, and it's I think it's important to to be able to say no and 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 important to take a step back and and like we did today look and say, Hey, that saying no there, I trusted my gut and I'm glad I did even, you know, 10 years later or whatever it is. Uh, that's a good, you know, good to remind yourself why it is you, you'd make these decisions and, and reevaluate them just to make sure, yep, I'd do that again. I'm glad I did it. Yeah. Makes, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And, and one question I have is, is your, uh, is your business cyclical? I mean, are you coming along in a, in a certain light, uh, uh, time frame within the life cycle of a business? Is it more important to, you know, engage with a, with, a, with someone like you? Ah, oh, you mean is my business cyclical? Or, yeah. Or yeah. Do Does you your, think? no, mm-hmm. you're well related to, to Zing PR, you know, mm-hmm. do you see, are you typically getting contacted at certain time frames of these businesses? Is it all just when people they're getting going and, and when they're yeah. launching uh-huh. products or is it an ongoing thing? It is ongoing. I would say, um, I'm always actually, when I have slow months, I always think, oh yeah, that's right. It's always slow around this time. And then Shazam, right? Suddenly I get a new lead. So it's hard. I, I would say it's not terribly cyclical. Okay. I would say, I used to think perhaps it could be associated with people's budgets, right? With budget cycles, like sure. you know, toward the end of November, maybe, you know, you, you, you're, you're, you're a marketing director and you're, you're thinking, okay, well, what's the spend going to be for next year? Will we do PR? If so, who with? Let's put our feelers out. And I have seen that to some extent, you know, in sort of November, December things, I get inbound leads. But thereafter, I would say it's more to do with sort of vacations. It, it definitely... 
people are less busy in in August, July. Uh, many people in the media are taking their vacations then. So why would you be super active on PR? And of yeah. course, my clients themselves, they're taking vacations. So I, I've, I always... I've always regretted it, I must say, when I've decided not to take a vacation in a given summer, thinking I was going to be really busy looking at, you know, looking at my client load, say, in June, July, and then realized too late, you know, wow, everyone, it wasn't so busy after all. I could have gone. <laughs> I see. Yeah, sure. Yeah. sure. That, makes, so, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. And, and do you find yourself in a position where you're having to, uh, I mean, everybody talks about, you know, ROI, the return on investment, mm. but so many of these areas are kind of, uh, squishy. Kind of, yeah, they're squishy. That was what I was looking yeah. for. Squishy, and, yeah. you know, and having to, do, do you spend a, a, a you know, a, a, a portion of your time kind of educating your customers about what that value is on some of this stuff? Yeah. You know, I think one of the things that's happened uh, in a really big way in the last 10 years is that marketing has become a science. It used to be, uh, you know, an art, right? Good marketing. Um, what's that saying, right? With David Ogilvy or somebody, you know, I, I know that 50% of my ad, bu- ad budget is wasted. I just don't know which half it is. Yeah, that's yes. right. Yep. That's yeah, and people used to live with that. That used to be okay. You could never really be sure. Well, nowadays, there's no excuse for that. Um, is that still tr- I mean, I know we have all these metrics out there, but is is, is that phrase still not or is that phrase now untrue? Because it seems to me like these metrics are just a lot of them are just built to support the business that the metrics companies run. (laughs) Yeah, I see your point. Well, all I can say is being on the receiving end of feedback from the people who are paying me, right, is they want to know where am I spending my time and what what are the results? Sure. And the thing about PR is that it's a little hard to measure that, right? I mean, I can say, well, you know, we, we put out this press release and I contacted all these people and we got, we got, you know, engagement with so-and-so and so-and-so who may write a story. And, you know, and then yes, we did get some coverage over here, but let's now look at that. Um, what are the metrics on that piece of coverage, right? How many clicks did we actually get back from that? Because they can look at that now. Sure. Whereas before they really couldn't. Um, I would say, you know, if I'm pushing back, I'd probably say, look, you know, you're, you're developing your brand. You're getting your name out there. And the more places, more places it is out there, then uh, the higher you're going to score in, 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 in organic search. Yeah. Uh, and that's, there's a value to that. Um, yeah, I would say, I mean, if we write an article about something, anything on Mac Observer, I, I do not expect our readers to click through to find out more because it's our job to tell you everything you need to know. And now you know it. So why would you click through to, to learn more when we've already told you what it is you need to know? And, and I can tell you from our metrics that the numbers, the, the amount of people that click through on a, you know, on a product announcement type, uh, type post it, the percentages are single digits. Uh, Wow. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Right. I mean, because I mean, and this, this shouldn't be a surprise to anyone. I get that it's frustrating to people who want to say, I spent money here. I got results there, but it's like, uh, why, if that person did their job, that's it. You should be done. And now whoever read that knows about the product. And when it's time for them to need that product, they know about you and that's it. 
It's done. That's right. I, I agree with you there, Dave. I, I, and I know just, I might be preaching to the choir a little bit here, but yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, for example, here's his example. Right? I just did a, a big launch, a big, well, a big announcement with a client um, in conjunction with another well-known, you know, cloud company. Sure. And so the order of the day then was to get that news picked up in all the right enterprise tech media, right? Yep. So you know, the e-weeks, information weeks, all those guys. Sure. And actually, I was pretty successful. I got some pretty good stories. Now, just yesterday, I sat down with the uh, with the marketing VP. And we went through. I asked the question. You know, what what, have, what has been the results? What have you actually seen on your end? Click throughs from these stories. What the uptick, shall we say, on your website? And he could point to maybe two hundred. Um, clicks right or yeah clicks actually wow. that came through from what how many stories we got like 10 stories so that would that would kind of correlate with what you were saying right there yep. and i was thinking to myself wow all that work right um 200 people actually clicked through but we also know that a lot of a lot more people read that story and thought, oh, I didn't know those guys were, were in bed together. That's really interesting. Next time I'm going to deploy on the cloud, I should probably look at them. And that's exactly yeah. moving them, moving those people along that pipeline from that's it. not knowing, not having a clue about what you, what you're offering to thinking about what you offer and, situating yourself into that decision matrix. And then finally to, I need that thing right now. Now, what was the name of that company that I saw the other day? Oh yeah, those guys. Yeah, and, right. and then what happens is they search on Google for it. Because, and, yep. and Google gets the quote unquote credit, right, for the the conversion or whatever it is, because because that's how the funnel works. When, when um, it was funny, when Shannon and I were running a, a website together, it was a deals website called Deals on the Web or Deal Brothers, depending on the, the year. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, and, you know, that same, looking at that same metric, the number of people that clicked through uh, on that site was so much higher, right? Cause if you went to this deal, you were going there because you were interested in buying something. Whereas if you go to a news site, I always said that, you know, they were at two opposite ends of the funnel, Mac observer and, and deals on the web were because Mac observer was at the top of the funnel. You're just learning. You're just beginning. Whereas deals on the web was, you know, the bottom of the funnel I am about to buy I found the deal. I'm going to click and I'm going to go. And our click, you know, our click rate was, you know, our click rate per article read was much higher at that point. And it makes sense. Yeah. It would be. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. Yeah, and, and I think it, you know, like you mentioned, Dave and Tim, it goes back to, you know, now that that content is going to be indexed. And when next someone goes up and does a search, it's going to come up. And, and Dave, when you, you know, feature the article on the Mac observer, you know, maybe there's probably going to be a direct link back to, you know, the, the company that's making the product or offering the service. Mm -hmm. Those are very valuable, but it, it's hard to measure that at, you know, when you sit down at that meeting and say, okay, so how, how do we do, you know, and, and that's the squishy part still that I think that, that I think is still out there. Well, if I, if I, if I may, uh, Shannon, there's another thought I had that, that came to mind just when you were talking about sure. the, you know, PR, well, the, the sort of this continuum of moving the, um, the prospect, shall we call that person, right, from oblivious um, um, to what you're doing to actually pressing that buy button. And I would say that, that PR probably plays the best role in, in creating awareness and educating your customers. Um, just like, you know, in fact, when people come to me and they say, oh, you know, we're thinking of doing PR, um, 
But we've not done any advertising yet. Uh, we've, we've actually done nothing. We've just really just launched the business and we don't know where to start. I would say, well, okay, PR can play a really good role here in launching the company and getting the word out. You're going to have to follow that, though, with, with your own advertising and marketing. And don't depend on PR to deliver a customer that's ready to buy because there's so many, there may be an offer you need to put in front of them. You know, When you think about if you're, say, a car dealer, right, and you're, you're looking to, to say, Ford, the, your, the, the brand, to do those sort of air cover branding for the, the Ford, the brand and the cars. And then locally, you've got you know, the, the dealer who's doing local advertising. Well, PR kind of plays that plays a role in helping someone to understand how this product compares with other products, and what it can do for you, what it can't do for you. Um, but it's very rare for 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 a PR article, you know, that you've placed to actually deliver someone who's ready to actually go buy. It's more right. awareness and consideration, I suppose. That's the point. Yeah, that's great, and, you know, and uh, I, I think that's really important. Where you're mentioning that the PR is is part of your you know, long-term marketing plan. It's not the, the end-all solution. It's got to be kind of part of that whole package. Yeah. Well, in fact, and, you know, I have, sorry, go ahead, Dave. No, I was going to say part of it is that you've got to, you've got to sell good products and you've got to have a, you know, an easy way when people do finally come to your website to take their money when they want to give it to you. Right. I mean, yeah. You know, yes. It doesn't matter how good your PR is. If your web cart sucks, Oh yeah, you know for sure, for sure, yeah. right? You know, yeah. and that's actually very, very true. I mean, I, I would say to anybody who is considering PR, you know, before you even think about it, make sure your website is is really good because if that's the portal, if that's the shop front, then uh, if there's anything wrong, anything amiss there, right? In terms of I can't find a way to buy this, or it doesn't tell me enough about the product to convince me I need to, then well, why deliver people to your front door through PR or watch whatever else you know marketing um, if you then can't take the order properly? That would be a disaster. Yeah, that's 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 huge. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm Google probably makes fifty percent of their revenue from stories like that. You know, where <laughs> the you click. Think it's, you think it's that low? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's why they're selling clicks, right? I mean, it's that's, that's <laughs> yeah, for sure. Okay, so we, we've talked a lot about PR, and and I do have a couple more questions for you about Zing PR specifically, and yeah. I'd love to to delve back into some of the methodology and things of it. Um, you know, one of the things on on the uh, the the uh, small business show is that, you know, we're real fa- big fans of mistakes because, you know, we've certainly made our fair share and hopefully we've made, you know, less than we have successes. But, you know, if you could look back on, on your business, uh, what mistake or mistakes have you made that have taught you the most? Well, back to this sort of lead gen thing, right? I mean, when I first got going, I had a pretty good network of people and the business was just sort of coming in. Um, and I think I waited way too long to actually create my own website, to have a website. I've been thinking about doing it. I knew I really should. Um, and this was before things like, you know, social media, or it was easy now to have your own safe Facebook page or whatever. Um, I had no, no home on the web at all. Uh, so I waited too long and I think, um, and I didn't really budget properly for that. I was lucky to find some guy who out in Pakistan who wanted to do the job for you know for very little money. Did a really nice job. I thought it was. A good I love that website. guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There he is. He's probably yep. still out there beavering yes. away. Actually, funny story, right? His the reason one of the reasons I selected him is because his um, company was called Barely Average Design. 
I like and that. I thought <laughs> someone who has the guts to call their agent, their design agency barely average design is someone I want to talk to. They've got yeah. a they've obviously got an interesting uh, attitude to yeah, a little cheeky, to, little cheeky, exactly, little exactly, exactly, a little uh, irreverent, shall we say? Um, and anyway, that went great. I got a great website, and then I think the next mistake I made was then waiting way too long to. To upgrade it, you know, I the last few years in particular with people using, you know, accessing the website, you know, on mobile phones, and they'd call me, you know, they'd say, I, I just saw your website. Oh, an interesting website, Tim. And I'd think, oh, what's that mean, really? Because I knew if they looked at it on a mobile phone, it probably wasn't looking great. Um, so maybe they had an interesting experience trying to use the website, to read the website. Um, so I, I finally, I sat down one afternoon actually last year and just fired up Squarespace and thought, how hard can this be? And, and just tackled it right. And I was really happy I did it. And I wondered why on earth did I wait so long? Because it was, it's, 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 it definitely makes a huge difference when you've got a really good looking website that works across all different platforms. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a huge uh, issue that, I mean, we see with our, you know, data and our metrics is that, you know, just the vast, vast majority of people that are hitting your site are coming in on their phone. Um, and you've got to be prepared for, for them to do that or they're just going to click away. Yeah. In fact, as you probably know, you know, Google now dings you directly yep. if you're if you're not so mobile friendly. So, yeah. 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 That's that's great. Okay, and so what you know, we always ask this business. You you kind of alluded to it a little bit. Uh, we always ask this question at the end. If you could go back to when you were just getting started, when actually, Marcella, I, you know, what, oh, I have ahead. a I have a question okay. that, that feeds into this. Before we ask him anything final here, Shannon. Okay, good. Yeah, is so, but it, but you 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 almost dipped your toe in this same water. So it, you have an interesting story, Tim, because you effectively, and I realize this is the wrong word, but effectively you acquired your business from someone else. Now that someone else is your wife. Uh, and, and so you have an interesting situation. I'm, I'm curious if, if your wife is still involved at all in the business. And if not, do you at least still, you know, is it still dinner table conversation? Cause it, you know, I find it nice to be, my wife does some work for us here. And when she started doing that, it opened up the opportunity for us to just be able to kind of talk about the business, not obsess over it at home or anything, but, you know, for her to be involved and understand what I do all day. And, and that was kind of a nice thing. So I'm curious what that dynamic is like when she started it and now passed it to you and, and how that works. Mm. Well, it has changed, I must say, because originally we were working together you know, right. side by side in the office. Um, and so we were both sort of intimately involved with every, every, every detail. Um, when I took the car keys, so to speak, um, I still, I mean, Marcella still provided a lot of good input and, and to this day, right. She's still an excellent sounding board. I think mainly now because she's actually more in the business of, uh, of therapy of actual people's you know, marriage and family therapy. She has become for me really useful as a sounding board of, for my own frustrations and providing me with, you know, tips and tactics for dealing with difficult situations. So I'm lucky enough now to have someone who understands, you know, this business that I'm in, um, understands the trials and tribulations of, you know, working with clients who can be very demanding. 
um, and helping me to strategize and not say the wrong thing. And maybe don't send that email to him. Maybe, maybe Tim, wait till tomorrow with that email. Maybe how about changing that last paragraph to something a bit more positive? You know, those, those, that kind of feedback has become hugely important for me. That's um, awesome. In this, yeah. in this line of work. Yeah. We've talked a number of times about the support structure and having, you know, uh, so, someone at home that, that, supports and gives you that feedback and i think you've got it doubly uh, uh you know covered there uh, i think that's that's awesome yeah that's awesome yeah I'm yeah lucky. i'm very yeah. lucky yeah so so i want to come back to this question about what you would have told yourself and the reason i want to come back to this because i you, you gave me a little note that i thought was really uh important to to talk about you know what critical bit of advice you'd give yourself and you, and you mentioned to me or you give me a note, never assume it will always be up and to the right. And and I'd, I'd love for you to ex- extrapolate that on because especially people that are not in business, well, they, they don't know this. And uh, when you're getting in and getting started, this is very important. Yeah, well, that's, that's true. And I, I, what I will say is um, when I first got going, it was just going gangbusters. Right. And um I thought, my good, what a great move this has been, right? I'm, I left Apple, which was a ton of fun and all that, and I was flying all over the world and having a wonderful time. But now I was in charge of my own destiny. Um, I was working the hours I wanted from home, enjoying spending time with my kids, uh, with interesting clients, and making good money, right? And then, well, we've had a few uh, a few dot com busts and financial busts over the last. 15 years, should we say? And in both cases, I was not very well prepared. So I think, um, I guess the advice I'd, I would have would be, you know, the classic, you know, sock it away for that rainy day, sock it away. Yeah. You know, some, so you can survive that without having to totally panic. And, um, but it, it's, it's easy advice to give, of course, um, because when things, when times are good, it's very easy to sort of get into the habit of, uh, you know, having that money available and thinking it's always going to be improving and planning with that in mind. So I think as a small business owner, you're in particular, you know, you're certain, well, anybody can get laid off from any company, of course. Um, but as a small business owner, um, you've got to be able to weather that storm um, all the time, really. I mean, I, I'd be prepared for any time. But I will also say this, is that you can maybe weather the storm a little bit better. Because if you're laid off, right, boom, suddenly you're you're done you know, with that company. You've got to find a new company to work with. And at least in my line of work, that's how it would be. Uh, whereas if you're a small business or a consultant with a range of different clients, you can lose one or two clients and maybe you can you know, keep things ticking along while you, while you build, you know, rebuild. So I guess, I guess my point is that, you know, save, save for a rainy day and um, always be, always be, not always be closing, but always be business <laughs> developing. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, you know, we've heard this story uh, over and over when, you know, save your cash, save your cash. And, and I think it's one of those cases, at least in, I can tell you, I've had this exact same experience. Uh, your optimism, your internal, you know, most business owners are that are successful are pretty optimistic. And sometimes that you can, you know, stretch that optimism and you're like, oh, you know, everything's just, we're just pounding it out. And, and then you can, it can come around and bite you a little bit. So you're right. You got to, yeah. uh, you got to think ahead. So yep. I think that's, that's really valuable. So Tim, if you have a little more time, we, we'd love to roll in and just, and talk about some, you know, uh, uh, marketing and PR topics that uh, I, I know you're very familiar with. I think our listeners would love I'd to. I'd love to. You bet. That's awesome. Dave, you're good. I'm good. Yeah, awesome. man. 
Yeah, right. sitting, sitting all afternoon. So we, we, we kind of all covered a lot of this in the, in the, the lead up to that. Um, but, you know, you mentioned to me, you know, the big picture of PR and how it's a part of marketing. And what are kind of the key things when a, a small business or business in general thinking about PR? What should they be considering? You know, what, what areas uh, is, does it encompass? So I, one of the, I suppose one of the things that I often see people being confused about, uh, is, you know, for many people, I think they think PR is, uh, something you do when you have a crisis, right? You've got to, you know, you often see large companies, their PR machine swings into gear, right? And, um, you know, and, and I think it's a, it's a misconception, right? Cause, cause PR is really just the, the basis of, of telling your story, getting the word out there. Um, and it's different than advertising. Um, one, one way, one way to look at it is, uh, you know, advertising, I would say is, you know, me, me telling Dave how just fantastic I am, right? What a great PR person and what wonderful work I do. Whereas PR is you, Shannon, who know me separately through the work I do telling Dave, Hey, there's this guy, Tim Coffs. He does pretty good stuff. You know, you should check him out if you're in, in the, if you're looking for that kind of stuff. It's, it's a third party, a trusted third party that is providing that, um, that information to your target customer. So if you look at PR alongside the other sort of marketing disciplines, so, you know, PR, advertising, you know, direct mail, events and, and and these days, you know, social media, it's the one that I think, um, can play a really, uh, a really major role because it's the, the one marketing discipline where telling the story is so important. Um, so if you're thinking about getting into PR, if you, if you've got a business, right. And you think, well, should I, should I do PR? I think the starting point would be to say, um, do I think I can reach the customers I need to reach through particular media that they, that they read? Um, you know, if I'm, you know, if I sell water pumps, right. Um, that's my line of business. Well, now who buys water pumps? Where do they look for water pumps? Is this B2B or B2C? And as you run through those questions, you start to realize the answers um, lead you to defining, you know, what might be a good PR strategy. Oh, it turns out that the water pump uh, buyer reads, you know, water pump monthly <laughs> or whatever. And, um, and in fact, yes, they do have a section in there where they talk about new products. Aha, uh-huh, well, maybe we should try and get into that. Um, so there's that, that's, I think, one way to look at PR is, uh, is frame it through the lens of, um, is it B2B, B2C? And that then helps you then select the media that makes sense uh, to target those people. Sure. No, that's great. And, you know, so you, you've got, you know, our typical listener, probably, you know, small business owner, limited resources, which is, has always been, I mean, I've had the, the same thing. Like, okay, I have this limited budget and especially now, you know, where do I put it? You know, what, what's, what's it worth to get a like on my Facebook page or a follower, you know, on my Twitter feed or uh, where, and, and maybe it's, you can't make a blanket uh, or answer to this, but for a typical, you know, small business, where would you think they should focus to to get the word out and to, you know, find those folks? Well, one way to answer that question is, am I a local business or a national business? Because if I'm a local business, let's say a pet store, 
right? Um, it really makes no sense if I'm based in, you know, in, in Lafayette to be read about in, you know, the Boston Globe, assuming that's still right. around. I, I think it is. Um, it, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. It's it's good. Good. <laughs> it was as of this morning. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> I don't know why that one came to mind. But anyway, um, yeah, I know it is, as a matter of fact. It has a very good website now, now, now that you mentioned now that I mentioned it. So uh, that's one way to think about it is if I'm doing PR, um, realistically, you know, how should I weigh spending money on or, or, or time, which is, you know, your money as a, as a, as a small business person on trying to get into media? Um, do I have a story that's going to appeal to media? Right. That's, I guess, the first part is. Um, and if if I think I do, what exactly is that story? If I'm a pet shop owner, um, Maybe it's right that you have a, a, a new service. Uh, you've got, you know, you've got a new expert uh, master groomer working with you now. And this person comes from a rich heritage in his family of master grooming. Um, I wonder if a local local press might find that interest and talk to this guy and see what keeps him, what makes him interesting. Mm. Um, so is that helping? I'm, I'm trying to. Yeah, I, I want to learn more about this groomer. You tell stories yeah. really well. Right? So, yeah, yeah, you are a well, good storyteller. Well, it's funny that I, it's funny that the, the grooming thing came to mind. because we happen to have got a, a, a puppy recently and um, I bumped into somebody who I knew how well, he has visibly a very, very large dog that was immaculately groomed. And so I said, well, hey, who, who, who pays your dog? Who, how do you he looks fantastic? How do you keep the dog looking so good? He goes, oh, well, uh, Dave, Dave, the mobile groomer, he comes to your house. I thought, oh, that sounds fantastic. So I got his name. And um, and so, yeah, Dave, the master groomer, came to the house in his very nice van. And, and we've been working together since. But along the way, right, I got chatting with Dave, the master groomer, and found out his story. Like, how do you get into dog grooming, right? It's not something you think would just you'd fall into, so to speak. Um, and he had a good story, right? You know, he initially was working within a pet store and kind of got sick of the the rat race. Well, bad choice of terms, but uh, he, he, you know, he went off and did his own thing and uh, decided to be a mobile groomer. Now he could probably have a fantastic website, right? He could probably do. Yeah, he could probably on his blog do sort of fake interviews with dogs. You know, you could have a real interesting personality, and uh, and so. As you, a small business, think about that, right? You've got your website, you've got your storefront. How do I now um, add personality to my to my brand, to my company? Because ultimately, you know, people like to do business with people they like, right? And so, uh, I think that's where the blog and social media can be a really good way of of expressing your interests and the, the the nuance and color that makes you a great business to work with so i i'm i i have a a, a question i i've i've employed several different uh people in the pr realm over the years i don't currently have someone uh that i work with on that front because Oftentimes what I find is I'll hire someone to do, you know, what, what I would consider PR for me and what they want to do. And maybe it's because I'm a decent storyteller and I'm okay being out in front of people and all of that. What they want to do is make me do all the work and they just want to tell me what work to do, which is, which is fine. But a lot of times I just want somebody else to do the work, (laughs) but maybe, maybe that's the wrong way for me as a business owner to go about it. Maybe I should be listening to what these people are saying and, and just be the one that's the face and, and all of that. 
But when you say do the work, what do you can you give an example? Yeah, of, of like, what that like, might what, look like what you were suggesting there, you know, blog posts and and all and, and creating all of this, this stuff like the, you know, the interviews with the dogs and all of this stuff. <laughs> I, I, I would I would get I would have these great conversations where someone would say, oh, here's all these great ideas. Like, yeah, well, I want you to implement them. I don't want to implement them. That's why yeah. I hired you. Time. Right? Yeah. Time. Yeah, yeah no, exactly. Fair. Time. Yeah. Fair comment. Well, um, my solution to that question, which, 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 by the way, very frequently comes up when I say, why don't you have a blog, is I don't have time for a blog. What do you think I'm doing? Just sitting around writing stories all day? No, I'm busy. I'm running a business here. Yeah. Um, I don't see how we could do a blog because I couldn't do more than one post a month and it would look really pathetic. So no, that's why I, I don't want to do a blog. To which I say, well, that's fine. So then you help me by giving me bullets, ideas of stories. You know, we'll work together. It's, a, it's sure. a creative process. And then you may be, you know, driving along in your car. Well, just dictate, you know, some, an idea comes to mind. Just dictate it and send me that dictation or bullet it out in an email and say, Tim, is there a story here? I just read an article about this and it drove me insane when I read it. Um, I want to respond on the blog and um, here's what I'm thinking I want to write. Can you then make it, you know, a, a, a polished product? So that works pretty well, I think. Yeah. So I'm capturing your... You know, your expertise and your thinking, because I can't be you, right? I sure. can't, yeah. I, I don't have your email inbox and, and understand what drives you crazy or what you read that you think you need to respond to or comment on or whatever. Uh, so, but if you can just help me by mapping that out, sketching it out, then I can then get it across the line and, you know, boom, we've got a blog. We've got a, yeah. so it's hard, it's hard to get that started. I'm not going to say it's not, um, but once it gets going, I, I find a lot of people start to really quite enjoy it because they start to see, you know, they can put their blog on LinkedIn. It's good for their own personal brand. And um, yeah. So, so that brings up a question, you know, and well, first a comment. It it's, seems to me like you're you're uh, kind of teasing out things that um, maybe the, the owner or, you know, the, the whoever's in charge of things is not able to kind of step back and focus on and even think it's newsworthy because a lot of times, you know, you're, it, oh, this is just so boring. I do this every single day. But from an outside standpoint, like you talking to Dave, the dog groomer, you're like, hey, this is fascinating. Tell me about your business. And the guy looks at you like, well, not really. I, I wash dogs. No, no, you do much, much more than that. You know, your, your story. And, and that uh, would, you know, I think you're, you're teasing uh, that out. And, and anyway, another question I think is, so you're doing your blog and you mentioned, you know, getting on LinkedIn and what do you think is more valuable or maybe you do both, uh, you know, spending the time to grow the blog on your own site that you're trying to drive traffic to or using other platforms, whether it's, you know, LinkedIn or Medium or some other, you know, uh, platform to do to do your blog. And even, get even Facebook, right? You know, yeah, even yeah. Facebook. Yeah. Well, I think you've got to. Focus on your on the me on the medium that you control first and foremost. Um, why? Because well, it's certainly going to help you with with um, overall um, rank, just organic rank. If your if your website is replete with interesting commentary and keyword rich articles that relate to your business and your expertise, so definitely start with the blog. But having said that, um, or, or rather building on that. Uh, the blog then becomes a really good sort of content hub from which you can deploy uh, that content onto other channels. So, for example, 
people would often say, well, some clients will say, yeah, we, we, we're thinking about doing a newsletter. We've got a pretty good list now, a house list of people that we've acquired over the years. Some of them are customers, some of them are prospects. Um, we want to do a monthly newsletter. We've always struggled with content. Well, now, of course, you've got a blog. If you're doing an article on the blog each week, You've therefore got nice, fresh content that you can then sort of repurpose into a newsletter. You can use it to power, you know, to 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 power the social media channels, um, and of course, always be driving people back to the blog in so doing. So I I like the blog for that reason. I I do know people are having success with 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 channels like Medium. Um, Obviously, you have a little less control over the message there because you've got to sort of fit with what they're looking for. Uh, and also you've got to, well, you've got to be in, uh, just from a tone and message standpoint, um, you can't be out of kilter with what's normally on that channel. Um, uh, I see. So, that, yeah, so, but I... I think start, particularly a small business, right? Start at home, right? Focus on, on the channel, channels you, 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 you control. In fact, one thing that's becoming, I think, increasingly clear is that uh, all companies now really are, in, the, in a way, their own media companies. And they've got to start thinking like that. Uh, start thinking about, I've got a message. I've got these channels. How do I engage with people on those channels? Yeah, well, that's really great. And do, do you think, I mean, uh, is it acceptable to repurpose that, you know, you've got this content on your blog, you talk about repurposing it for a newsletter. Can you go out? Could you take your blog post and, and duplicate it, if you will, on a LinkedIn post mm. if you're B2B? Or is that I, kinda... I, I, I'm guilty of that. I'll say yeah. it right now. Um, I think, I mean, I don't know if anyone's really going to notice or right, care, right? right? Um, is it a bit lazy? Well, it is a bit lazy, yes. But if I didn't do it, it wouldn't happen, um, and I suppose. Some, some people are only going to read LinkedIn and not your blog. And some people exactly. are only going to read Facebook and not your blog. So, uh, yeah, I don't. I've never seen a problem with that, but I'm glad, I'm glad to hear you don't, you do it too. No, it's good. Well, again, you know, we're looking at this through the small business lens, right? right? right, And I I, I would say, you know, if I was sitting here as, you know, as, uh, as, as uh, uh, the captain of a fortune 500 company, I might ask that question a bit differently. Sure. But for the more expedient um, and let's get things going here, let's do something approach that for small businesses is really, I think, the, the, the order of the day. Um, yeah. If you've oh, got good. good content, maximize it. In fact, I would say this. I'd go even further. I'd say I have worked with clients on blog posts and we thought that was actually a really good blog post we did. I wonder if we could just slightly tweak it and see if a magazine somewhere might want to run that as a story, oh. as a bylined article. And that's been successful, you know? Um, yeah, that's good so to know. yeah, it's a that's really good, good to know. And yeah. do you think, uh, is there a difference between, uh, in your opinion, getting uh, your customers to subscribe to your blog versus sending out, you know, uh, repurposing it and sending out a newsletter uh, is one better than the other or just, just different? God, I, I would love to have people subscribing to my content. That would be, it's a dream, uh, isn't yeah. it? I think for anybody that's creating content. Um, yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. that's your business, Dave. Um, yeah. Uh, I think it's a, it's a lofty goal for a small business. Um, I must say, uh, and while we all know that those inboxes are chock full of stuff um, that we don't read, um, 
I, you know, I, it's hard to imagine waiting to get a subscriber list, you know, built up on your blog. Um, We've done I, it. I, I know, have you ever signed up for a blog? You know what I mean? When you, when you say subscribe to this blog, does that mean I'm going to get an email now from this yes. outfit? Every yeah. time there's a post, you're typically going to get an update. And you're right. It is, it is difficult, but it can be very organic. I mean, for, for Tech Restore, it, it's worked well for us. Or, well, it, it didn't work well for us until we kept trying new things and I mean, even offering discounts you know, uh, for repairs and this and that. Not until we started putting a, uh, uh, a brochure in every box, if you will, that basically said, subscribe to the blog and we'll double your warranty. Oh, wow. Yeah. And that has had a big impact and, and really hasn't really cost us anything. Say, right? Very little cost. That's a great yeah. Idea. yeah. And, and most of the time, you know, we're going to fix the thing anyway. You know, if it comes with, if you're buying a refurbished product with a three month warranty, well, and, you know, if you call us five months out, I mean, we just don't tell you to go pound sand. We, we want you to be happy for the life of however many, you know, Apple products you own. So that is, you know, if you, if that, that's worked for us. You can offer something that has a, uh, perceived high value to the customer, but maybe doesn't hit your bottom line quite as much. Well, also, I think in your business, uh, Shannon, I, I, you know, you, your, your blog is a place where you can be providing tips and tricks. I mean, useful content Absolutely. that is perpetually useful for someone that owns, for example, a Mac or an iPhone or whatever. Yeah. Um, if I'm the pet shop owner, <laughs> uh, I guess you could argue, yeah, you could actually have very good tips and tricks. Um, yeah, for flea, your... flea season or yeah, this, or this is you a, could. You know, yeah, yeah, you could um, probably do that. I see, I see realtors struggling with this, right? I think trying to be um, providing useful tips and tricks as a realtor to an audience that needs you maybe once every, hmm, how many years? Yeah. Is, is a struggle, but at the same time, there's the, 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 the value of that referral, right? Oh, that's right. So-and-so just yeah. sent an email. She's an expert in that area of the, that, in that neighborhood. So, you know, maybe you're sitting there on the, on the lacrosse sidelines, you know, watching the game and you hear someone look, is looking for a realtor. So yeah, I, I'd be great if I could get subscribers yeah. to the blog. Maybe yeah, I, I mean, should it's, offer, the, <laughs> offer the option. Why not? There you go. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we basically do no. I mean, I guess subtly we're selling. We, we want to be known as the experts in this, you know, uh, our area. Uh, but uh, you know, we really don't sell. We don't do any selling in the blog at all. It's all information. It's all connect with us and that kind of stuff. So, you know, mm-hmm. so good. And so as we as we're starting to wrap this up, I I, I have a couple of one area I'd like to spend a, a few minutes on is is social media. You know, it it seems so readily available and it seems, okay, you know, you can kind of dip your toe in and I'm going to focus in this area, but it can quickly, you know, take a lot of your, your time, which is, you know, very limited as a, as a business owner, you know, what, is there one that you think is, is better or, or, you know, where someone should put their time or does it kind of depend on what they're trying to achieve? Uh, it's a really tough one, this channel. In fact, yesterday I happened to be reading an article, which I'll send to you in case you guys want to link to it, um, where a you know, pretty, uh, reputable and thoughtful opinionator, shall we say, um, made a pretty convincing case that he thought social media is pretty much dead for marketing. Um, wow. he felt that the, the glory days or the, 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 the early days where it was all, um, huge expectations have largely passed. Everyone now is rather fatigued with their social media stream. 
They're very suspicious now of brands being in their social media stream, and they don't really want to interact with brands anymore, right? It, maybe it was kind of fun at the beginning. You know, you have your own favorite brands and you're interested in seeing what they're up to. But increasingly, according to him, um, they don't. They don't want to click on your stuff. They don't want to hear what you're up to. They don't want to see your company picnic. Um, they're just having enough time and just keep enough trouble just keeping pace with their own network. Yeah, that's that's uh, interesting. Now, you know, the comments back on that revolved around that may be true if you are an enterprise company, right? It's probably not true if you're a pet shop, though, right? So, and I think that is uh, one way to look at this is realistically, um, can you, uh, do you think you're going to be able to, well, First question is, how much time do you really have, to your point there, Shannon? I mean, because it can be a massive time sink. And if you're doing it badly or a sloppy way, it's pretty evident. So you've kind of got to be reasonably good at the beginning and know what you're doing. How much time do you want to spend doing it? And then which are the right channels? Because there are many now, right? You've got LinkedIn, you've got Facebook, you've got Twitter, you've got Instagram, Pinterest. Um, I think for B2B, what I'm seeing with my clients is LinkedIn and Twitter are really kind of where it's at. Just stop there. Yeah, it's okay to have a Facebook page. Why not? But you know, you're not going to get people spending much time there, I don't think. Um, and if you're, uh, if you're a B2C, well, um, if you've got a very visual brand, you know, um, let's say it's fashion or uh, something that, you know, products are involved, well, certainly, you know, Pinterest and Instagram makes sense. Um, and probably for that kind of brand, LinkedIn, less so. So uh, you've got, every case is different and it's a question of, who are you selling to? Through what channels? How much time do you have? How much time can you really put into this? And if you do this, what can you not do? Right? Because it's a zero sum game as a as a as an entrepreneurial small business. Yeah, that's for sure. It's a, it, it's challenging. There's no easy answer, and you know we we'd love if if any of our listeners have had great success in in one uh, uh, channel or another, LinkedIn or Facebook. I mean, we'd love to hear. Uh, uh, back from you uh you know be feedback at businessshow.co uh definitely love to uh, hear your stories and share them here on the show definitely well dave uh do you have any more questions for tim i don't this has been awesome man yeah. you uh yeah. You, yeah you've had i mean you've got great stories you have some great advice and you sound fantastic so it's, oh, well, uh, thank you that's, that's, yeah, dave. that's a true no, compliment coming from you i appreciate that thank yeah, you yeah it's no it's no wonder you're successful uh that's you right. know all this information is is really valuable and, you know, the thing I got after, you know, hearing all this is to be really effective, I think, as a, as a small business owner, you, you got to get to a point where you really have some time to work on your business, uh, meaning, you know, you've got to be able to step away from grooming the dogs so you can think about it. And whether that's, you know, 10 to midnight at night or you've got an employee or, you know, multiple employees that are doing things so you can think if you can have that time to think and engage with a, with a guy like Tim at Zing PR, you know, it can, it can be uh, very, very, very powerful. Thanks. Well, I, I, I must've had fun doing it over the years. Um, if there were one piece of advice I would provide, it would probably be, you know, don't stay away from the social media after a couple of drinks. Uh, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Make sure, make sure your podcast camera is off, uh, yes. before you join the Skype call, assuming that you're not appropriately attired. <laughs> uh, 
that's awesome. That's, yeah. yeah, that's, that's right. Man, have right, a good time. Right, yeah. right after a few drinks, publish when you're sober. Ah, that's it. Precise. Like that. Very good. Good. Yeah. Good yeah. advice, yeah. there, Dave. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Tim, um, and what's the best way for uh, people to get a hold of you? Well, um, my Twitter handle is ZingPR, um, and my website is ZingPR.com. Perfect. That works. Okay. We really appreciate you uh, spending some time with us this afternoon. I Thank know you, our- guys. I really enjoyed it. I, I, I love the show. I'm uh, now a confirmed listener, I must say, and uh, I look forward to hearing more from you guys. Awesome. Very good. Thanks, Tim. Take care, everybody. Thanks, yep. Shannon. Okay. Thanks, everybody. See you next week. Bye.